It's Road to the Cup on ESPN LA. Welcome to this beautiful Wednesday evening. Oh, the craziness. L3 have crashed out of the World Cup. Poland get through really by the skin of their teeth as L3 needed one more goal, whether it was from Argentina or whether L3 could do it themselves. Couldn't quite get it done. And it's just the way it ends for L3. Four points, not enough. Four points for Poland they get through. Now, on the day, the craziness ensued because Argentina beat Poland 2-0. This, despite Lionel Messi missing another penalty. Wojciech Chesney was just going nuts in the first half. Save after save. I think he had nine in the first half for Poland. But Argentina did break through in this match. They get the job done with the 2-0 victory. And if they would have gotten another one, that would have been enough to send uh, Mexico through on goal difference. Uh, but actually, even Argentina getting a goal late because Saudi Arabia did score. Mexico needed to score another one. McAllister in the 46 to start things off in the second half, and then Julian Alvarez with a great strike for Argentina. Poland was nothing in this game. Poland are really kind of a bad team, but they do get through because Mexico could not quite find another goal against Saudi Arabia. The late goal by Aldasari really didn't matter Mexico needed a third goal, whether Saudi Arabia had nil or got one. Uh, Martin with a great goal in the 47th, then Luis Chavez. Holy cow, with a thunderbolt of a, a free kick. Maybe the goal of the tournament for me in the 52nd. And I got to tell you, at that point, I thought Mexico did it again. They're going to get through. I had no doubt. I, 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 it's not that I wondered or thought they would. I knew they were going to get through in the 52nd minute. I knew it, and they couldn't quite find it. Argentina got a little bit, you know, not tired, but they realized they have a game coming up, you know, on on Saturday now, so they only have two days rest, right? So the Argentina kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit, although they had some chances late as well that could have iced it. But really, you can't, if you're Mexico, you can't be worried about what Argentina did enough, 2-0, right? That was fine. If you're Mexico, you can't be ruining the chances that Argentina misses late in the game. you got to go do it yourself. And they almost did. Not quite enough. Now, looking at Eltree, they don't deserve to move on. They didn't deserve it. They, they just did not play well enough in the first two matches. I know they got the draw against Poland, and they get the win here against Saudi Arabia. Well, Poland beat Saudi Arabia, too. You know what I mean? This, is, this game... This 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 whole group was opened up because Argentina lost the first match. Might have been the worst thing to happen to Altree. Hear me out. It might have been the worst thing to happen that Argentina lost that first game because I think if Argentina would have beaten beaten uh, you know Saudi Arabia, let's say two nil, two one, whatever, three one, I think Mexico might have been able to play for a draw against Argentina, and it may have worked more successfully. But Mexico kind of went for the draw against Argentina when Argentina needed the full three points, right? Their backs were essentially against the wall. They couldn't afford to take a shot of just getting a point. And I'm not saying Argentina would have come out to play for a point against Mexico, but we've seen Mexico go toe-to-toe with all the good teams in the World Cup. Every It, it almost hurt them that Argentina lost the first game. And in that sense, I think Tata should have went for it more in this tournament. Look, go play. If you lose, you lose. And I'm not saying there's certain situations where you got to kind of back off maybe a little bit, take a draw late in a match, or take a, you know, don't make sure your goal different. 
But to set up to to try to hold the team off for a it just doesn't work. And I think really Mexico just ran out of time in this whole World Cup. They didn't deserve to go through. Heartbreak for Saudi Arabia after that big win against Argentina, but the, really the mountain was still there f- to climb. You know, because they still needed something out of the last two, and the other two teams knew they had to then go after Saudi Arabia. And, yeah, it didn't work out for the Saudis, but Poland, I mean, France is going to run through them in the next round. I mean, Poland are just not good. Now, did they do enough to get, yeah, yeah, they deserve to go through. After the three games, barely, mind you. And if Mexico would have found another one, then Poland would, honestly, I wouldn't have like been like, oh, it's such a shame Poland didn't get through. I mean, they're garbage. They played like garbage, really, for most of this tournament. They're not very good. And this is another thing. Oh, the Europeans. Oh, all the European teams. Of course Poland was going to, really? Poland is not any good. Yes, there's a select few European teams that will probably be there in the end because they're awesome. But most of the rest of the European teams, we'll get to Denmark later, everybody thought would be like, oh, they could win. They're hard to beat, but guess what? They got beat today. I mean, it's just really just you had to – If I honestly, if you're Mexico, you're ruining the game against Poland. That's the one that hurt you. And I know people say, oh, don't lose the first game of the World Cup. Just go get the three points. Go play. And if you lose it, hey, Australia lost their first game, didn't they? If you lose it, then you know what you got to go do, which is win two. Go play. You had a golden opportunity if you're L3 against Poland and you just couldn't get it done. And I know Ochoa made the big save. And as it turned out, it wasn't a terrible result. You know, at the time, I get that. Not a terrible result by any means. But go, you, you really needed to beat Poland, and it would have been, you know, Mexico had been winning the group, <laughs> practically. <laughs> but didn't get it done. They deserve to go home. And Tata Martino, I'm sure, you know, will rue those chances that they missed, no doubt. Eltree had plenty of chances in this match to get the third, but it wasn't like anything was so... They didn't get robbed of a call. They had one offside. It was clearly offside. It wasn't. They gave it their best on the day. Just left it a little too late. So that's what happens sometimes in these tournaments with only three games. Just as easy the United States. Iran could have got us some fluke goal in the 93rd minute. We'd be talking about going home. Right? So the margins are thin. This is not a great L3 team. They don't really deserve to move on, and it's you know time to reassess. I don't think I could be wrong because I'm not like I don't I'm not like I'm not speaking for L Tree fans. Even if they would have gotten through, I think changes are coming. Right? I mean, I think we've seen enough out of this tournament. If they would have snuck a goal in late, that would have been amazing. And kudos to them; they would have moved on. But even if they got through the round of sixteen, and let's say they just got dumped by France, which probably would have happened. I don't. I, I think the changes are still coming and need to come within the, the whole federation. So it's not as though this was just like everything must change now because we didn't manage a third goal against uh, Saudi Arabia. No, I think the, the handwriting was on the wall anyway with the way this went.
If they would have pulled off the miracle, we could have referred to me yesterday talking about it. How I didn't think it was going to happen, but you can never count out Mexico. And again, after that Luis Chavez goal came, it went in. Goal of the tournament for me. What a just an amazing free kick. I thought, they're going to do this. They're going to get it done. And credit to Saudi Arabia, too, in a way, because they didn't just roll over. You know, they didn't roll over and lose 5-0. They were still trying to battle. But, wow. Just days ago, did you think Argentina was going to win this group? I kind of did, even after they lost to Saudi Arabia, if I'm being honest. Because it really was a nice wake-up call for them in a weird way. Because it was such a fluke. And I don't, not to take, Saudi Arabia deserved it. But the goals they scored and the way it went down and, uh, you know, Argentina being offside like 10 times by the hair of, you know, on your neck. I mean, it just was one of those games. And I kind of still felt Argentina was so superior to these teams. I didn't think Poland and Mexico would play this badly, though. So kind of made it easier on Argentina in a lot of ways. Because neither Poland nor Mexico really wanted to grab that second spot. Now, again, Poland's running into France. Good luck. Because France is going to just absolutely destroy Poland in that round of 16. But yeah, that's what you get. That's what you get when you come in second in your group, too. You're going to get a tough matchup in the next round. L3 are out. Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Your thoughts about L3 going forward if you're a fan of Mexico. Just because you got to put this by you. You're going to be a host in 2026 now, right? You're guaranteed a spot. Not that they were any, any real danger of qualifying for a, a World Cup with 48 teams, mind you, but you now know you're just building towards something. How do they go about that? We'll talk more about that with Francisco X. Rivera coming up. He's the LAFC Spanish voice. He's going to join us with reaction to L3 losing out of Group C. They win on the day 2-1, but they needed one more goal as Poland advance on a better goal difference. If Eltree would have evened up Poland on the goal difference with three goals, they would have been through. So they do lose out on just not scoring one more goal despite the 2-1 win over Saudi Arabia on the day. Argentina, easy 2-0 victory over Poland. We saw Thiago Almada get a little bit of uh, time there. Atlanta United, biggest ever signing for MLS. He got to play for Argentina. That's pretty amazing, quite frankly, for an Argentine team that's moving on into the round of 16 as the winners of Group C. All that and so much more. We still have Group D to talk about. Plus, we'll look ahead to tomorrow's matches coming up. This is Road to the Cup. I'm Dave Denholm on ESPN LA. It's Road to the Cup on ESPN LA. Welcome back. Dave Denholm with you after L3 knocked out of the World Cup. Uh, on a uh, goal difference with Poland in Group C, they lose a, a bigger part, and they win 2-1 to one on the day, but they're out with that goal difference on four points. Poland advance. Argentina wins the group after beating Poland 2-0, and boy, things were tense late. Joining us now to talk about it, Francisco X. Rivera, the LAFC Spanish voice. He was part of the Mexican broadcast team on Fox from 2013 to 2017. Francisco what are your initial thoughts now, uh, first of all, on the day for Mexico and how they approach this match? And then more importantly, they're now out of the tournament. One of the few times we've ever seen Mexico leave this early. Hey, Dave. First of all, thanks for playing, about You know, always a pleasure to be with you. The first thing that comes to mind and in general scope, man, a lot of heads are going to roll. I mean, I, I think all the way to the top, 
there's going to be some changes. And it's funny because the president of the federation, John De Luisa, was just rectified this week to stay and lead the process towards 2026. And I don't know if this is going to happen because economically and financially, Mexico is seeing a lot of gains. But at the same time, when it comes to the most important product, which is what you produce on the field, man, this is this is terrible. I mean, it, it's uh, it's a disaster. I wouldn't say sports-wise, this is a tragedy for Mexico. I mean, you're talking about the first time that they miss a round of 16 since 1978. Uh, so it's it's going to be messy. I, I, I can tell you that. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Francisco, talk about the performance today. I mean, certainly was their best performance, and they knew they needed goals. They went and got a couple, just not quite enough in the end. You know what the problem is? And I think it's a mentality issue a lot of times. I don't want to get misquoted on this, but a lot of times um, it might be, I don't know if it's a country, uh, a Mexico problem a lot of times. Uh, I would not. I, I don't know if procrastinating is the right word, but I think Mexico just waited wait, you know, way too much. Um, the game against Poland... You know, they were not deep enough. Uh, Poland just basically gave them the game. They wanted to counterattack and try to get Mexico open. And I don't think Mexico was aggressive enough. In the second game, well, they basically, their bet was, you know, try to hold Argentina off and try to get one point and take their chances in the last game. I just think, then again, they waited. They waited a long time. And, and historically, Mexico was really well in the middle game of the first round of the, of the group stages. And this time around, they just found an Argentina team that was a bit better, a bit more aggressive. Uh, and what's disappointing is that, you know, what I've seen, I mean, before I started working uh, with the Mexico national team at Fox, and even before I became a broadcaster, I've followed very closely every process since 1994. And uh, I've seen that guys compete real well. And I've been very fortunate to, to become friends and guys that you know real well, like Claudio Suarez, who's with us at LAFC, uh, with Alberto Garcia Asper, with Jorge Campos. Those guys competed, man. It didn't matter. If they were not playing in Europe, it didn't matter if they were not playing for Napoli or Manchester United or Real Madrid. They competed against Italy, against France, against Germany. No questions asked. Uh, unfortunately, I, I think this new generations are getting a bit more spoiled because a lot of doors have been opened for, him, for them and things are served more in a silver platter, if you will, and they don't feel that hunger. I think, in my opinion, that's really what happens. So um, I think this is going to be a big, big strike of, um, of humility. Uh, this has to be a big blow. It has to serve as a wake-up call. Things are going to need to change at this point uh, from the roots in Mexican soccer. Very interesting stuff there. Francisco X. Rivera, LAFC Spanish voice, uh, was part of the Mexican broadcast team at Fox from uh, 2013 to 2017. You you mentioned the players and maybe that little bit of uh, maybe a little bit of a spoiled nature, if you will. But how much of this is falls on the shoulders of Tata Martino, like versus this generation of players, Francisco? Well, it's it's interesting because I believe that that Tata was just based on uh, hierarchy, on who he believed you know were the right players to put on the field, uh, but without really experimenting too much. Uh, he didn't really make any, you know, any changes during the process. Uh, he was very criticized that Mexico were holding on to guys like Hector Herrera, who, as you know, following MLS pretty much every day, you know that Herrera was just not informed, and he barely played. Uh, when you talk about Andres Guardado, who lasted about 30 minutes in the last game, and he was out of commission, and you know he made that uh, uh, waste uh, sub in the in the first half. You know, he didn't really try to score and go for, you know, go a little, a little deeper into finding more guys into the Mexican league. Um, so, but, but that's always going to be the conversation, you know, and 
you know, I don't think Tata wanted to get eliminated in the first round. I think he tried to do as much as he could do. Um, but when you talk about you know, that hunger that I, that I saw or aggressiveness that was lacking in the first couple of games, that could be part of him too, especially trying to settle with a tie for Argent, uh, against Argentina when man, Argentina was coming off a loss against Saudi Arabia. They were completely out of it. They were completely shocked. I think that was the right, the perfect time to strike for Mexico. They were going to make history eliminating Argentina with that win. It didn't happen. That was the, probably the best chance they're ever going to have. Um, and they wasted it, uh, trying to settle for a tie. So, yeah, if you want to bring Tata Martino into this and his system, that's probably, um, you know, he's part culprit, if you will, for, for that less um, aggressive game against Argentina. You mentioned that, of course, L3, things have to change moving forward. What do you see happening for this side, Francisco. Now that this World Cup is done, Mexico have to look forward to being a host in 2026. Where does El Tree go from here? You know what the problem is? I mean, it's a good problem to have, but they make so much money out of sponsorships. They make so much money about coming to the U.S. and playing B or C level squads that people have never really cared. I've always said that being within the top 16 is not, it's not as bad. I mean, you're talking about, you know, you're right below Germany and France and Spain and Brazil and Argentina. Top 16 is not that bad. When, when you don't, don't even make top 16, a lot of things have to change. Um, you know, people can, can talk about the, the excess of, um, of foreign players in the Mexican league, uh, the lack of hunger of some Mexican players of not wanting to go overseas because they make so much money in the Mexican league. So a lot of times it's kind of like, why would I have to go to Greece? Or why would I have to go to, to, to Spain's second division to start again when I'm making close to a million dollars in Mexico? You know, and a lot of times some guys tend to be overvalued because there's agents in the middle. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of things that, that might need to change. I mean, I, I have, for example, I have a cousin who plays um, in, in Queretaro's um, lower, lower division. He was in, with the U18 this year. You see a lot of crazy stuff, man. You see a lot of kids that deserve an opportunity and don't. You hear about these cases of coaches asking for money for players to actually make their first division debut. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on. And I, I don't think it's exclusive to soccer. I just think it's exclusive to our country. It, it's just a sad part of it. There's a lot of things, a lot of screws that are loose. And it's going to be really hard to concentrate on how do you fix Mexican soccer when you can't really fix the country as, as a whole. Very interesting stuff from Francisco X. Rivera, LAFC Spanish voice, part of the Mexican broadcast team on Fox from uh, 2013 to 2017. Uh, Francisco, moving forward now, it's a tough blow, no question, but the, the future is now in terms of 2026. They'll be hosting with the U.S. and Canada. Who does Mexico now, who does El Tri look to build around a, like two or three players that you think are really important, whether they're on the team now or not? Man, I, I did not follow uh, much Liga and Mex this year because I was so tied up, um, as you know, with LAFC and other, other commitments. But I was always here about this kid, Luis Chavez from Pachuca. And people were really adamant, like analysts, um, journalists in Mexico were like, oh, this kid, Luis Chavez, why is that not including him? When I saw him play in the World Cup, man, he blew me away. I mean, what a player. He's got, I think this guy has to go to Europe. Um, I think he's, you know, he's, you know, he's part of uh, an integral part of that midfield. So he's a guy that you have to build around. Um, I think Alexis Vega really boosted his chances of going to Europe. He's a really good player. Cesar Montes, the, the center back, I think should be going to Europe soon. 
there's talks about him already being um, being committed to a team. Uh, so yeah, on top of my head, I would see I would think those three players are really special. Unfortunately, Mexico didn't even make the Olympics. They didn't advance in the U20s. So I mean, as you know, historically we've done real well in especially winning two U17 championships in the last 15 years. Now you don't even have that. You don't even have, have somewhere to build. So it's gonna get really really tough for them because you look back and you could think, oh well, our foundations are good. You know, we can start from the roots. You don't have that this time around, man. It's going to be a mess. There's going to be there's going to have to be a systematic change moving forward. Well, that's fascinating. Good stuff as always. Talking with uh, Francisco X Rivera about El Tri, uh, out of the World Cup, but the future as well. Thank you so much, Francisco. Always a pleasure to talk to you, buddy. Thank you, Dave. My pleasure. Francisco X Rivera there. LAFC Spanish voice talking L3. Still to come, Group D finished up. Who's moving forward in that one? A bit of a surprise in the second spot. That and so much more. It's Road to the Cup on ESPN LA. It's Road to the Cup on ESPN LA. Welcome. I am Dave Denholm hanging out with you on another blistering day in World Cup action. Final day in Groups C and D. Now in Group C, we've been talking about it. L3 are out of the tournament. Yes, you heard me right. It never happens that L3 are dumped this early in the tournament. Thanks so much to Francisco X. Rivera, who we just had on talking about it. And a tough blow. They just came up one goal short, literally. They finished with four points, but Poland, on a better goal difference, move on in the second spot in Group C. Argentina, with the two wins after the troubling loss to Saudi Arabia to begin the group, move on as group winners with six points, and Saudi Arabia took uh, stubbed their toe after that win against uh, Argentina. It was always going to be tough, and the Saudis played well, but couldn't get it done. Mexico, when you have a crazed L3 team going against you, you're lucky you only lost 2-1. I mean, because it was that close for Mexico. Going on in Group D, oh man, these games, this, this group got a little crazy because France clinched a spot, so then they rotated out nine players for this game against Tunisia, and Tunisia always wants to beat France. Well, they got the win, from Kazri in the 58th minute, they kind of scraped and clawed, and France thought they had a goal with Antoine Griezmann. It was called back on a foul, I think. It was a weird VAR decision. Tunisia gets the win, but even as the final whistle blew, the earlier, well, earlier, the game that finished earlier made all the difference. So Tunisia gets the win, but they don't go through on four points because Australia beat my most disappointing team in the tournament, Denmark. Remember, I've been saying Denmark are the toughest team in the world to beat, just about. They, the way they play, they're not always going to beat you, but they're, they just could not find goals in this tournament. And Australia with Matthew Leckie in the 60th minute, another good finish. It was only their second goal in three games, but it didn't matter. Australia bounced back. Remember that really disappointing performance? I mean, well, the great performance by France, but Australia suffering that really disappointing 4-1 loss in the first match, and you're thinking, well, the Aussies aren't going to be around for a while. Not so fast. They're moving on. And they get six points after beating Denmark and sending the Danes home as one of the worst teams in the tournament. As Denmark finished with just the nil-nil draw to Tunisia and a minus-two goal difference, they're going home. Wow. Just wow. And again, I mean, Denmark... To me, I thought people who were saying like they were a threat to win the whole thing, that was overblown. But they are a tough team to play. They just could not get anything going forward. One goal in three matches is a recipe to get sent home. 
and they deserved to, to, to be out of here. Australia fully deserved it. Denmark wasn't even really that threatening. Yeah, Matt Ryan had a couple of good say. I mean, but when you're talking about getting the, you know, needing the win to move on and just Denmark had nothing. And again, full credit to Australia. You lose that first match to France that badly, your goal difference is shot. <laughs> shot to heck on minus three, and you still, you got out of the group at minus one goal difference. So what? You won two out of three. That's why you play for wins, my friends. That's exactly why you play for victories, because three points for a win is huge. And kudos to Australia for moving on. So what we saw with groups C and D now, that means Argentina's taking on Australia on Saturday. France will battle Poland on Sunday. So they look like, and I hope people don't fall into this trap. I mean, clearly, I think Poland is playing badly enough that France has a decided advantage in that match, but you never know. And clearly, Argentina's a big favorite against Australia, but the Australians, they play well. I mean, they're starting to click a little bit. Their managers really start to get them to believe, and they play a tough game. They can be hard to break down, potentially, for Argentina if Australia decides to really get defensive and try to hit uh, you know Australia or Argentina on the counter if Australia decides to do that it's going to be an interesting matchup i think certainly as i said Argentina is the clear favorite in that one but you just don't quite know but boy we did not think that was going to be the case who had Argentina playing uh, Australia in the round of 16 because Argentina you know, you might have thought they were the favorite to win the group before the tournament, no doubt. But after that first performance against Saudi Arabia, yikes. I don't think anybody saw it coming. And yet, here we are. Kudos to them for getting the job done. But I don't know. So far, if we're looking at all the matchups so far, right? We've had four groups finish their third group stage match. We've got the Netherlands, the United States. You've got England taking on Senegal. You've got Australia taking on Argentina, and France will now go go head to head with Poland. I got to tell you, I mean, to me, it's there's some interesting matchups, but it's clear as day this Netherlands U.S. game is just it is the game, right? Based on what we've seen so far, I think England and Senegal could be interesting. And I'm not saying that Senegal can't win it by any means, but Netherlands USA is the game so far. In this upcoming round, without a doubt. And I think, you know, certainly it's the one where it's the most of most coin flip kind of game of all. Because as you look at it now, clearly France and Argentina got their acts together. France a little earlier, qualified after two matches. They'll be fine, despite losing to Tunisia after rotating out nine players. Argentina took a little while to get the gears right, but now they're kind of getting it going. Oh, I cannot wait. So this weekend is going to be amazing. You can hear this show, of course, every Monday through Friday, The Road to the Cup. Dave Denholm with you here on ESPN LA. Don't forget, you can, if you want to, you can podcast the show if you miss something or an interview. If you missed the interview with Francisco just uh, minutes ago, you can go back and podcast it wherever you get your pods or go to the ESPN LA app, download the app, and there's a just a little button you click here with The Road to the Cup. All the previous shows, we had some great stuff. And uh, and we will continue to have great stuff marching on. But as we look at these games today, going back to El Tree for a minute, overall, you've got to be disappointed. 
yes, today's performance was almost enough to get it done. But I'm even saying, because I'm not a diehard El Tree fan, right? I know that when you are a fan of a team, you're just living and dying every minute. But even if you look at it, if they would have snuck through and and got knocked out of the round of 16, there are issues here that need to be addressed, right? It would have been great, but that would not have covered up all the issues that I have with El Tree. Just to get through this group somehow, you 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 know you manage a goal late against Saudi Arabia and win three one, and because Poland really kind of just fell on their face a little bit too, you get through on goal difference. That's great. That's fine. Whatever. Anything can happen in the round of sixteen. You want to you want to advance, but Pol- there's some still some questions with Mexico, and even Francisco outlined it in the interview. Didn't qualify for the Olympics. The U twenties are a man. I mean, this is deeper than just. Well, we kind of stubbed our toe in a game against, you know, Argentina, and maybe we should have beaten Paul. This is bigger than just a little bit of a poor performance in one World Cup. Now, they again, they're bailed out because they're going to be in the 2026 World Cup. And they were never going to not qualify for a 48-team tournament. Don't get me wrong. But again, that covers up some sins here. It covers up some ills that have to be addressed. Or is it this? We always compare here in the U.S. We've always compared ourselves to Mexico. Our L tree starting maybe to compare themselves to the U.S. And maybe that's not fair because I'll lay it on the line right here. The United States is better than Mexico. They just are. And they're going to be now. Unless Mexico can turn this around quickly. The U.S. are the best team in CONCACAF. Did they win the qualifying? No. Did they beat Mexico in the qualifying? No. They came in third. doesn't matter. The United States are the best team in CONCACAF right now. And it's not particularly close moving forward. Not yet or not right now. Depends on what El Tree does. Because you can never, I mean, to me, this could just be a, a little blip. It could. Or it could be more systemic. And that's the bigger picture coming out of this 2022 World Cup. Yeah, it's disappointing you lost out of the group. Yes. No question. Should have got through. No, not necessarily should have. Not the way you played. Could they have? Yes, clearly. But it's bigger. And I know it's kind of early and the pain is still there, right? It's only been hours. But for L Tree, they got to really do some soul searching here. And you better come up with the right answers and don't just gloss over it. Because it wasn't just one World Cup and one disappointment. Because you're setting yourself up to be really disappointed in 2026 when you got games on your home soil if you don't correct this. And maybe it is time now for Mexico to start to look to the United States and try to keep up rather than the other way around. It has been for, geez, 40, 40 plus years. It's been a long journey. But the U.S. are just better. And that's not a man as a slap to L Tree because I never want to play L Tree. They're too good. And they'll always give the United States fits, you know, as a rivalry, one, you know, team versus team in any game, certainly they could beat the US, but they're not as good. And the t- the players they have right now don't match up with the US. But that's not the end all be all. My point is where do you go from here? It's bigger than just this one World Cup for L3. I don't know how to fix it. 
If you're a fan of Mexico, you better hope they do. Are you concerned about that? Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. It's a deeper conversation. We can even reference it, you know, go back to it now as the road to the cup continues on without Mexico, without Canada, maybe without Costa Rica. We'll talk about that coming up. Could the Costa Ricans get through after that first game they had? I'll tell you how that might go coming up next. This is Road to the Cup. I'm Dave Denholm on ESPN LA. Road to the Cup on ESPN LA. Dave Denholm with you as we march on. You can check out the show each and every day here, Monday through Friday on ESPN LA. We'll have a special show, of course, for the final of the World Cup. But we're rolling on. We're almost done with the final day of group stage. We've got a few more days of that. And then it's on to the round of 16. We already know half of the teams that have made that. The matchups right now, USA-Netherlands. It's going to be a good one. England-Senegal, very intriguing there. Senegal got every every chance in the world to take it to England, but England is just looking so good. That's a tough matchup there. France will run over Poland, unless Wojciech Chesney just continues to stand on his head in goal, which is entirely possible. And you do have Robert Lewandowski, although everybody always says that when they talk about Poland. Like, oh, of course Poland's going to be tough. They've got Robert Lewandowski. He doesn't ever get the ball against a good team. I don't care how good he is. You can have Maradona up there, and if he doesn't get the ball to distribute or try to make something, it doesn't matter. So that's a mismatch. And then Argentina-Australia on paper, quote-unquote, looks like the Argentines will be able to handle that because they're starting to get hot, but Australia can win. Australia knows how to win. They've won two straight, just like Argentina has. And they were their backs were against the wall, just like Argentina's were. And Australia needed two wins, and they went and got them in Group D including a good win over Denmark, a a team that's tough as nails to actually beat, although the Danes just fell on their face offensively in this tournament, and they're out. So we'll find out more teams, four more tomorrow. Here are the matchups. Take a look at a little preview here. First, it's Group F instead of Group E. Group F goes first with the 7 a.m. Pacific time games. Canada-Morocco, which we thought would be you know, very interesting, maybe something to play for. Canada has been dumped out of the tournament. Morocco with everything to play for. And then it's Croatia, Belgium. And here's why it's so interesting. Morocco got that big win against Belgium. So they're tied with Croatia on four points. They're at goal back in goal difference. And Belgium are on three points on the outside looking in right now at minus one. And Canada, of course, is out of the tournament. They cannot advance but could play spoiler to Morocco. But it's that Croatia-Belgium matchup. Because Belgium, getting a draw with Croatia would keep Belgium on minus one goal difference, right? So Morocco on four points, as long as they don't get blown out by Canada, could still get through that way. But the thing is, if Croatia were to lose to Belgium, Croatia's goal difference is still better than Morocco. So it's so intriguing. Now, if Morocco get a draw, they're through. So hear me out on that. If Morocco draw with Canada, they're in. So they're gonna, but Canada has nothing to lose, right? They're out. They're gonna play guys. They're gonna go for it. It still makes so much. In, but that Croatia Belgium game certainly the winner goes through. So it's set up that way. But then the loser would hmm, be very difficult to get through. Belgium cannot get through if they lose. Even but if Croatia were to lose, they could still get through depending on goal difference. In the Morocco-Canada, you know, how Morocco handles Canada. Everything to play for in those matchups. And the reason, look, Belgium, 
to me, if I'm Croatia, I feel like I'm going to rip through Belgium. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne looks old. Belgium doesn't look real good. They lose to Morocco. They played uninspired against Canada despite getting the win. Canada owned, you know, dominated. If I'm Croatia, there's no, oh, let's play for the draw kind of hope we can get. I mean, come on, go for it. You can bury this Belgium side. You can. And there's a reason that Croatia made the semifinals of the last World Cup. Luka Modric is an awful big part of that, but they got weapons everywhere. They should be able to handle this Belgium side. This Belgium team is ripe for the picking. Go, go take it. Absolutely. And a Morocco deserves it. If they get through, they deserve it. I still got work to do, but man, they played their butts off against Belgium in that big win. They deserve it. And they're talented. Morocco's hard to score against, kids. They don't get break they don't get broken down defensively. They really don't. They're going to be tough to handle for Canada. I mean, Morocco hasn't given up a goal yet in this tournament. I mean, they certainly deserve to be where they're at on that plus two, battling with Croatia. They might just win the whole stinking group. And then it's Group E as well, the later 11 a.m. games. These are going to be interesting because Costa Rica threw a wrench into everybody's plans, didn't they? <laughs> Spain's on a four points but a plus seven. So Spain right now looking pretty darn good to get through. Doesn't mean they would necessarily. Because they still could get dumped out. It is Spain and Japan, and Japan are sitting on three points. C- Costa Rica, with that crazy win over Japan, has just mucked up this whole group in the most beautiful way. Because now Germany's sitting there with one point after that loss to Japan and then the tying Spain. Keeps them alive, but they're also on minus one goal difference. So for Germany, they've got to hope Spain wins. First and foremost, they must they they really need Spain to win. I mean, I guess if they drew with Japan, Germany can make up the goal difference against Costa Rica. And here's where it's tricky for the Concacaf side: Germany needs goals. They need the full three, of course. They can't draw, but they need goals. Costa Rica, ugh, boy, what do you do? Like you have no goal difference, you have to win, so you just got to go out and play, right? I mean. What else is there? If you're Luis Fernando Suarez, what are you going to do? Set up and hope you squeak by? Because Germany's going to be flying at you for 90 minutes. So if I'm Luis Luis Fernando Suarez, I figure I'm going to have to probably win this sucker 4-3. to (laughs) And good luck with that. I don't know that Costa Rica is going to be able to, like, scratch and claw their way to, you know, 1-0 1-0 with Germany needing goals too, not just a win. They got to make up a goal difference. They could get help from Spain. If Japan doesn't right the ship here, Japan has looked very shaky at times to me. I know they got the big win against Germany, but they haven't looked fantastic. They, they didn't look good at all in the Costa Rica match, but there's everything to play for for the CONCACAF side, Costa Rica. So, so interesting there. I don't think Costa Rica has enough. I think Germany's just too strong. It's a tough group. Let's be realistic. Out of all the CONCACAF sides, I know U.S.'s group was maybe underrated, very tough. Mexico, interesting group, not the toughest, quite frankly. Um, I, th- you know, Canada, 
tough group. Belgium usually is better than this. Croatia, Morocco is very good defensively. Very tough group. But Costa Rica, <laughs> Costa Rica got the worst of it with Spain, Germany, and Japan, one of the best teams in Asia. I mean, this is just, if Costa Rica gets through, holy cow. I mean, this is Pura Vida and then some. We're going to have to sing songs to them if this team gets through because they don't really have any business getting out of this group, especially after that first game losing 7-0. Oh, my sweet mercy. If they get through here, this is the story of the tournament. If they somehow get through. And a draw could do it if Japan were to lose. But, wow, this is going to be wide open in Group E yet again. Even Spain. Spain could get dumped out of the tournament. Spain and Germany could get dumped out of this group. Can you can you imagine if Japan and Costa Rica pulled off upsets, quote-unquote upsets tomorrow, both win? Spain and Germany on the way. Oh, it would be magical. be glorious. That's what I'm rooting for. Chaos, right? And you always root against the European sides, if you, for the most part, unless it's like your country. Chaos. I love it. Mario Reyes joining us now. Chaos, Mario. That's the fun, right? That's what we saw on this day. That's what we love. That's what we hope yeah. for. That's what you get out of World Cups. How, how you feeling after L3 got dumped out, Mario? How you feeling? I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling okay. I mean, what a way to go out swinging, though. All the way to the end, to the final seconds, Oof. to go out on, on yellow cards. That's how we went out on yellow cards. That's well, tough. no, it, it, was, it was goal difference because technically Saudi Arabia got that goal. So it, it was a little cleaner. It wasn't the yellow card thing, which would have been hideous. Let's just say we were all confused at the very end. I mean, everybody was like getting yeah. their math wrong, and it was nuts it at the end. It would have been yellow cards. If, if Saudi Arabia didn't score that goal, it just it really didn't mean much other than it took it away from yellow cards and turned it into really true goal difference. Mm-hmm. So maybe for FIFA, they were like, phew, we don't have another situation where somebody is out on yellow cards. But it, it looks cleaner. Because it's goal difference, but it, that goal really didn't matter. Mexico needed to score. I was a little surprised Ochoa wasn't coming up in that game. Already, yeah, I, I was surprised too, and I was surprised that we didn't get that third goal. And not even late. He could have started. Yeah, he could have started coming up in the 70th minute. It wouldn't. Have, I mean, because again, Saudi Arabia scoring doesn't matter. Right. Mexico needed at least a third. Now you don't want to let Saudi Arabia keep you know <laughs> keep doing that. I mean, you take some chances though. But Mexico certainly got their opportunities. Didn't quite get it done. So let's. It's time now. For our favorite segment, it's stoppage time. Dave, I want to follow up on uh, I want to follow up on this Canelo and uh, Messi beef that was going on a few days ago because oh there's more news coming out of that where uh, Canelo actually is is backpedaling this time. Uh, Andres Guardado, a few uh, a few players of Mexico actually let Canelo know that hey, you know, Messi's not like this and this is not what you think. And now Canelo is backpedaling and he tweeted out. On his social media, he said, these last few days, I've got carried away by the passion and love I I have for my country and made comments that were out of place, for which I want to apologize to Messi and the people of Argentina. Every day we learn something new, and this time it was my turn. Oh, fine. It's done. Apology accepted if I'm Argentinian or if I'm Messi, and we move on. It's fun. Okay. Now, look, you don't want to threaten people. It it is a lesson that Canelo has to learn because you don't want to be a, you're a grown man, you know you're not you shouldn't be threatening people to beat them up. I mean it's ridiculous, right? You, that can get that kind of that kind of mindset can get you into trouble in case you ever did have an opportunity to lose your head, you know. And so yeah, Canelo needed to learn the lesson, but it sounds like he did. And apology accepted. Moving along, right? 
Yeah, I'm glad he learned that lesson because because right when that came out, I said, oh, no, he's got it. He's got it all wrong here. And I said, I said the other day, I said, you know, the one that's going to be apologizing is not going to be messy for that because he didn't do that. The one who's going to be apologizing is going to be Canelo. Well, you were 100 percent on top of that. Yeah. Good stuff, Mario. Great stuff. Thanks, Dave. As always, on stoppage time, this is Road to the Cup. We will talk to you tomorrow on ESPN LA.